You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So you're craving some protein after a good workout. This time, do not make a shake or eat a bar. Reach for a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender and made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? You know, for Thanksgiving tradition, we go up there every Thanksgiving, and somebody up there had it, and and, and uh, we get back, and we all tested positive for COVID. So, the, 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 literally the whole family, and my, my family up in Maine, too. So, other than that, everybody's awesome. Welcome to episode 200 of the Jim Rohn Podcast. I knew for a big number, 200, I needed a big guest, so I went out to UFC President Dana White. Now, I've done this a long time. I've interviewed Dana White numerous times, and you never know exactly what you're going to get with Dana, but it's always something, especially today. When I started this conversation by asking him how he and his family were, he said that despite being vaccinated, he and his entire family came back from the Thanksgiving holiday and tested positive for COVID-19. He says he's quarantined, he feels great, and he's looking to work the company's promotion Saturday night in Vegas. We get into all of that, the building of his company from the ground up, and we have a preview of UFC 269. It's episode 200 of the Jim Rohn Podcast with Dana White, and it's coming at you right now. So, Danny, you and I have been doing this for a long, long time. We've talked about upcoming events, topical issues in the sport. And because this is episode 200 of this podcast, it feels kind of monumental to me. So I needed a big name, but I want to take kind of a broader view of things. So thank you very much for picking me up. I appreciate that, Dan. And number one, how are you doing? How's the family? How's business? Bring me up to date. What's going on? Everything's good. I mean, my family's, my business is on fire. Uh, Family's good. We, we just went up to my place in Maine and, uh, you, you know, for Thanksgiving tradition, we go up there every Thanksgiving and somebody up there had it and, and, and uh, we get back and we all tested positive for COVID. So the, 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 literally the whole family and my, my family up in Maine too. So other than that, everybody's awesome. Holy shit, Dana. When did you find that out? So we, we got back on uh, Saturday. On Sunday, I cold plunge and steam every day. So... I get out of the cold plunge, I get in the steam, and uh, I spray the eucalyptus, and I was like, what the hell? I couldn't smell anything. So I open the bottle, I start sniffing the bottle of eucalyptus, and I'm like, yeah, I got no smell. I said, you know what this means. I literally got out of the steam, picked up my phone, and called Joe Rogan. <laughs> and did it have that conversation go? Joe said, I said, listen, I, I, I have no smell which means I probably have no taste. Um, he said, as soon as you get up in the morning, get tested. Um, so I get up 9 o'clock uh, Monday morning, get tested. I test positive. He said, get monoclonal antibodies in you as soon as possible. So I did. By noon, I had the monoclonal antibodies in me. And then uh, he told me to do an NAD drip. 
I did that right after. The next day, right, this is so Sunday at 8 o'clock at night, I have no taste or smell. I get up Tuesday, get ready to shave, clean my razor. I could smell the alcohol. My taste and smell were back by the next day at 11 o'clock in the morning. Then I took a dose of ivermectin. And um, yesterday, then I did a vitamin drip. And then today I'm doing another NAD drip. Could not feel better. Feel like a million bucks. I'm doing two-a-day workouts, by the way, too, for the next 10 days while I have COVID. And, uh, you know, I'm in quarantine. And, um, yeah, I got my smell and taste back in less than 24 hours. It's wild. Dan, I was going to say, I know he's your guy, and I know that he looks at this stuff pretty intensely. Why was Rogan the guy that you called when you thought that something was off? Yeah, because, listen, I'm not some – I'm vaccinated. It's not like I'm some, you know, uh, you know, crazy anti-vax, you know, uh, you know, conspiracy theorist or any of that stuff. But Rogan is a very brilliant guy, very smart guy who talks to, you know, the, the best and the brightest out there. And I'm not a believer in the narrative. I'm not a big believer in the narrative. But you know what? The, at the end of the day, Jim, this is a free country. If you want to, if you want to, you know, because what happens is when you get this stuff, they tell you, stay home you know, for the next 10 days until you, te- d- 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 until you don't test positive. That doesn't seem smart to me. Again, just like when we went through COVID, I, I believe in finding solutions to problems and answers. Rogan has-, has worked with over 30 or 40 people that have done this, and he swears by it. And he's a good friend of mine that I've known um, for over 20 years. So, uh, yeah, I-, 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 I believe in what he's saying. I believe in... Uh, how the things that he explained uh, to me uh, on how this thing works made sense to me. I did it. And I'm telling you, I, listen, you and I are, are very good friends. If, if you got COVID, I would urge you, urge you to do this. Not only did, did I believe in it before I did it. Now I've actually done it. I'm on day three of COVID day three of COVID smell and taste is back. I could not feel better. Um, and, and I'm doing two-a-day workouts while I'm going through COVID. And now a message from Discover about rewards. If you are a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that's useful, like cashback match, for instance. Discover matches all the cashback you've earned at the end of your first year. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations do apply. So, Dan, like, what about the, the business of the business? Like, you got a couple of, I was, like, I didn't even know this. So, I was going to talk to you, and we will still talk about this, but you got two big weeks coming up. It's not like you. Like, what's it like for you in isolation? I mean, are you isolated, isolated? Are you away from your family, the business, and everybody? When you say you're in isolation, what does that mean? Yeah, so my family is positive, too. So, we're in isolation together. But, yeah, I mean, I'm doing the protocol. You're supposed to stay home and stay away from other people for 10 days. That's what I'm doing. But, you know, I'm attacking this thing, you know, with, with, with uh, the methods that Rogan has learned from some very smart people. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep testing every two days until I'm negative. And, uh, and then I'm going to get back to work ASAP. All right. So like Saturday night, at the Apex in Vegas, you got a really good fight card. You've got Rob Font and Jose Aldo coming up. I mean, do you figure that you're going to be there in attendance that night? 
I hope so. I mean, if I test negative, then then absolutely positively be there. If you test negative or if you test negative twice in 24 hours? Yeah. You know, I'm going to do the exact protocol, you know, that's supposed to be done and make sure that, you know, I'm clean and can go and be around people again. So as soon as that's, that's 100% clear, then I'll be back to work. So it's the holidays and you deserve a gift. A great gift. How about a gift that keeps on giving you joy and comfort every single day all year long? A gift that looks as good as it feels and a gift that will actually pay for itself in terms of how much more productive you'll be at work. Of course, I'm talking about giving yourself the gift of an X chair. I love mine. It is by far the most comfortable and ergonomic chair I have ever used. And if I'm being honest, it's probably the coolest looking piece of furniture I own. Not only is X chair, the world's greatest office chair, but with its patented LMAX technology, it doubles as a massage chair and can either cool or warm your back. Can your office chair do that? Doubt it. Now is the perfect time to purchase an X chair. Buy early and buy right now. Here is X chair's holiday gift to you. Save 100 bucks off your X chair just by purchasing it at xchairrome.com. That is the letter X chair rome.com x chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort and you can finance your purchase for as little as 30 bucks a month go to xchairrome.com and save xchairrome.com all right so there's your breaking news right there and you do always break news for us dana so i appreciate you sharing that so let's talk about a few other things and bring me up to date like i (laughs) boy you talk about a curveball all right so i was going to ask you i was going to ask you like you got a couple of really really big weeks coming up but this was a big number this is episode number 200 if we were to take a step back like when did you when and how did you first first get into the fight game Oh, God. I mean, I guess I first got into the fight game. I started when I was 19, you know, training and, and, and learning everything about the sport uh, of boxing and fighting. Um, but it wasn't really t- until I started representing some fighters, you know, Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell, uh, a kid named uh, Derek Harmon, who's a, a, a boxer here in, in, in Vegas. Um, you know, when I started representing guys like that is when I really would consider myself in the game. Okay, so who is Peter Welch, and why did you want to get to him? So when I lived in Boston, and I decided that I was going to walk out the door of the um, of the Boston Harbor Hotel and, and and go get into the fight game, there was a kid named Peter Welch in town, and he was a legend, you know, street fighting and boxing. So I, I wanted to seek this guy out, and and you know, I, I know it sounded crazy, but I went up to him and said. I want to work with you. I want you to teach me everything you know. And, uh, and he did it. He took me in and, and, and started training me. All right, so how long did you work for him, and how much did he pay you? I was with him, um, I was with him for probably uh, four years, maybe four or five years. And, uh, you know, in, in the beginning, I didn't get paid. And then, you know, he and I started to build a business together and, and started to make some money, so... Um, yeah, it couldn't have worked out any better. We're still obviously super close to this day. He's, he's my, he's my sensei. All right. So Dan, I think a lot of people know the story about how you ended up in Vegas, but I'm not sure everybody knows the story about a really terrifying night you had when you were 21, you were savagely attacked outside of a bar. What happened that night? Yeah, well, I I wasn't savagely attacked. What happened was 
there was an altercation because uh, one of the guys outside the bar uh, had, had hit my sister. So I, w- I went out, you know, got, you know, went up to this guy about him hitting. Well, everybody that was outside was with him. So I ended up getting, uh, getting jumped by all these guys. And uh, yeah, that's, I ended up later on in life getting Meniere's disease, uh, which is damage to, to, to the inner ear. And it was 100% from that night. I mean, like, like that, that sounds really horrible. Like, how bad yeah, was no, that? Like, a, did, like that? Could you I have got died? I size ass kicking for 20 minutes. Yeah, like, could you have died that night in the street? Yeah. Yeah, I could have died that night for sure. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. All right, so maybe not a savage attack, but I'm bad enough that you could have died. So, like, Danny, you, you trained in and actually and always taught boxing. What did you think the first time you were exposed to mixed martial arts in Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Yeah, so when the first UFC happened, you know, uh, a bunch of us got together in Boston and went to a guy's house and watched it. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't get into it right away. It wasn't until me and the Fertitas started taking Brazilian jiu-jitsu that I absolutely fell in love with the sport. Um, you know, it, it kind of blew my mind that I walked around for almost 30 years and, and, and never had tried jiu-jitsu before. And uh, jujitsu is is an incredible sport that is very addicting. All right, so that's really interesting, right? Like, so I mean, when you tried it, you fell in love with it. What was it that you loved so much about it? That for every move, there was a counter move. Uh, you know that that, that the, the way that you could dominate somebody else on the ground like that, uh, I never knew was possible until until I tried it. It's 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 really a a, a brilliant sport. It's 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 like uh, kinetic chess, you know, um, when, when one guy does something, there's a counter to that, that you have to know. And, uh, you know, it, the whole grappling thing can just go on and on forever. When you're really well-versed in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and you see an incredible ground fight going on, it's super impressive. All right. So two things. I've never heard you use that phrase, kinetic chess. That's cool. Kinetic chess. Hey, let me ask you this. Does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for all the good stuff. Well, let me tell you about a very simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without all that hassle you hate and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content does vary by package. I was also going to say, dude, what did you think the first time you trained in it and realized, man, there is a whole fucking different world on the ground, isn't there? A hundred percent, yeah. And, you know, one of the things that, that the Fertitta brothers and I saw early on was um, just how different this sport was than boxing, yet it had this horrible stigma attached to it. Yet it, it, all of it was false and wrong, and, and it was done by the old owners with the old marketing, uh, you, you know, that they used. And when this was presented the right way and became a real sport, 
we believe that it could be huge. Okay, Danny, you saw that, but still, you had to educate everybody on that. Like in those days, so for those who don't know, you you go to the Fertitas, and you know the company's in trouble. You talk them into buying the company. They make you president. You get your ownership stake. And then in those early days, what was it like to try to set up pay-per-view deals, get media partners, advertisers, and essentially, I mean, even legislators, and convince them what the sport was and what it was not? Yeah. Um, what's the question? Yeah, that, that was phrased pretty badly. What was it like <laughs> in the very beginning when you were trying to yep. convince people, hey, man, get involved. This is something really good, whether it was advertisers or media partners or anybody else, when you were educating people on what it was? Yeah, we, we, we heard a lot of no's, a lot of no's. A lot of people weren't interested. Um, but you know what? We, we just kept grinding. We, and and our, our goal was, obviously to get it back on pay-per-view, but our long-term goal was to get this thing on television. And we believed that if we got it on television, that would be the tool we would use to educate everybody, not just on how incredible the sport is, but how different these athletes are, that everybody has a different story, you know, whether it's Chuck Liddell who had the mohawk and the Chinese writing on his head and he looked like an axe murderer. This guy was a, 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 a he graduated from Cal Poly with, with, with an honorary degree in, in, in accounting, you know, which is the coolest story ever. Then you had Matt Hughes, you know, the farm boy walks into a country boy can survive. And we just felt that there was all these different groups of people that would a- appeal to so many different types of people. And all they had to do was be marketed the right way. All right, so you knew the fighters were different. You just had to get them in front of people. You had to find a TV deal. Before you could get there, though, the fact of the matter is, like, you were killing yourself. You were all in, all your time, all your energy, and the Fertitas were pumping crazy money in. At one point, they were, like, $40 million plus in, and the thing was still not working. Like, Dana, what were you thinking? Like, I've given this everything I've got. I brought my buddies in. We've spent a ton of money. Yep. It's not working. What were you thinking at that point? Yeah, well, there were many times that I said I talked my friends into blowing all this money, um, number one. And number two, there were so many times that I thought it was over. Like, we're, we're, we're days away from this thing being over. And at that time, uh, you know, I always my right-hand man is always a lawyer. I always have a guy who's a lawyer who's my right-hand man. And uh, the guy at the time back then was a guy named Kirk Hendrick. And me and him would be at the office till 2, 3 in the morning every single day. Every day. And, uh, you know, just grinded it out. Let's take a moment and talk about WinBet, the latest and greatest sports betting app on the market. The same five-star hotel service that you know and love is now in the digital betting space, providing an elite sports book and digital casino app. Whether you're playing money lines for NFL Week 13, totals for college football week 14 or both win bet has you covered are you looking for other sports win bet has that too it's all right there for you with your win bet app win bet is also fully integrated with win rewards that means by playing win bet you can accrue points to earn free credit in app and comp dollars towards perks at win resorts discounted hotel stays, priority dining and entertainment, free merchandise. It really is the best loyalty program in the industry. Call it a win-win. Whether playing from your phone or your computer, you have absolutely got to sign up for WinBet ASAP. Bet with the best. Get into the game. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. 
Dana, like, and you still are, man. I'm curious. Like, and I talk to a lot of people about this. In every walk of life, I'm always wondering, like, where does that shit come from? Like, that that drive, that fire, that intensity. Are you hardwired for it? Is it because of the way you came up? Why, why are you the way you are? And why are you still going so hard even now? Yeah, it's a good question. Listen, there's, there's still a lot of work to do. And there's still a lot of things that I, that I want to accomplish. Um, and I love it. I mean, it's, it's what I love to do. I, I love everything about this business. I love to win. I love to break records. Um, and, uh, you know, 20 years ago, I said, this thing's going to be the biggest sport in the world. We'll be in every country, everywhere, yada, yada, yada. We're, we're, still, we're still working toward that. We're obviously a lot closer to what I said would happen 20 years ago. But my, my real big end game for me is I, I always used to say that we're very lucky. As the UFC has grown, technology has grown right along with it. And when we first got into this thing, we had uh, DirecTV, Dish Network, and DirecTV. And if I wanted to, other people in other parts of the world to see it, I had to go cut a million different TV deals. Now with streaming, we're getting to a place where in the next six, seven years, like ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox, there's going to be that equivalent, but globally. I don't know who it's going to be. You know, Is it going to be Amazon? Is it going to be YouTube? Is it going to be you know, ESPN? Who's it going to be? And, but the, the point is, when you look at the upside for this thing, the biggest pay-per-view ever done, ever, was uh, McGregor and uh, Mayweather. The biggest one ever, right? And it did something like 4.4 million pay-per-view buys. And if you look at, what is there, a little over 7 billion people in the world, once this streaming thing happens, Look at, look, at, look at the ceiling on this thing. I mean, I could do a fight finally where the entire world can watch at the same time on the same channel. And what kind, I, might, I might pull – this year we're breaking our record. We're going to break the record this year for pay-per-view buys. I think we're going to do something like 8.4, 8.5 million pay-per-view buys this year. Um, I could do that in one night. It, it, this shit is so amazing, Dana, when you think about it, right? Like how, how quickly technology has changed the entire world. Like it was not that long ago that you did that Fox deal and it was such a big deal. And then you did the ESPN deal and it was such a big deal. But it was not that long before then that you couldn't get anybody to put that shit on TV. Like like the Spike deal. How did you talk Spike? When nobody wanted it, how did you convince Spike to put it on and how important was that? Yeah, Spike didn't want it either when we pitched it to him. And then the Fertitta brothers said, well, how about if we pay for it? And they said, we like that idea, <laughs> which, which was, ended up being incredible because if the network paid for it, the network would have owned it. We paid for everything, so we owned 100% of all the rights. So then at the end of season one of The Ultimate Fighter, you have Forrest Griffin and you have Stephen Bonner. It's a war, man. It's a war and it's on TV and people have never seen it before are watching it. Like you knew, what were you thinking watching that fight? And then the immediate moments after it, what did you think that meant to the company? Well, well, you know what's even worse, Jim? During that season of The Ultimate Fighter, first of all, the thing is a huge smash success, right? The thing is a huge hit. Halfway through the season, the president of the network gets fired. Mm. Okay? Those guys go radio silent on us over there. Normally, when you have a hit show like that, you're on the side of buses. There's billboards everywhere. They're promoting the shit out of you. 
These guys went radio silent on us. No promotion. They, so for the finale, they were supposed to spend all this money in like USA Today and do all this stuff. They did nothing. They mm. did none of it. I was, you know, on the phone fighting with these guys the whole time. So we go into that. We didn't even know if we were going to have a second season. But after that finale was over, I didn't give a shit what happened with Spike TV. I knew we were going to end up somewhere. So then the guys, the executives that were there, literally walked out in the back alley with us and fucking signed a new deal on a napkin. It's crazy, right? It's like, I mean, you need that. True story. That's, the, the, that, that's incredible. Like, the, the guy brought you in. The guy was your benefactor. He's like, yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. That motherfucker's gone. And then these guys are radio silent. And then that fight. Like, what if that fight's not that fight? Are you and I having yep. this conversation right now? Nope. Probably not at that fight. Because you remember, um, Kenny Florian fought Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez ran right through him in two and a half seconds and destroyed him. And then... Bonner and Griffin come out, and you know that's what Forrest Griffin still works with the companies. He's, he's still with us. Mm. All right, so it brings me back to Saturday night, right? So you've got Rob Font and Jose Aldo. Now it seems to me, Danny, you tell me, it seems to me people are sleeping on Aldo right about now, despite what he's accomplished in the game. Seems to me he's still an elite fighter. He's won his last two fights at bantamweight, and then Saturday he's going to fight another hell of a fighter in Font, who's coming off an impressive win over the former champ Cody Garbrandt. That's his fourth win in a row. I don't know, Danny. Like, am I talking out my ass, or might Font be the most underrated fighter in the UFC? I think he's that good. I'm really into this fight. How intrigued are you by it? Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. This is a badass fight. And, uh, you know, Font is the young up-and-coming guy, and, and all those, the, the, you know, the, the legend that's, that's still hanging around. He's crappy, he, he's talented, and he's a problem for anybody, man. He can beat anybody on any given night. So um, th- there's a lot riding on this thing for both guys. I think that's an amazing fight. Now, listen, I don't play favorites, but one of my favorite fighters ever is angry Habib Hamzat Shemaev. By my count, Dana, in the last few weeks alone, he has tried to fight Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor, Leon Edwards, the Paul Bros, fucking Brock Lesnar, if you need him, Colby Covington, (laughs) GSP. He even wanted to wrestle DC. Like, this is nothing new. I know this. My question is, if he's offering up fists to everybody on Twitter and in every interview he does, how many times does he hit you up to find somebody for him to punch in the face? Yeah, Hamza Tamayev is one of the baddest dudes that I've ever come across um, and is literally willing to fight anyone um, and doesn't care what the time frame is or any of that stuff. So, yeah, no, he's, he's one of the baddest dudes I've ever, ever come across. I mean, is there anybody he doesn't want to fight? And if you can't get it done, like right this second, can you at least put the guy in with a bear or a lion or something in the meantime? <laughs> We're working on it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, hopefully. This week, we'll, we'll have an opponent for him. All right, so, Dan, a few things really quickly. One of the fights nobody, I... nobody wants to fight this guy. Everybody wants to get out on social media and say this and say that. And, oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But when it really comes down to it, no, nobody's trying to fight Hamza Tamayev. Well, and by the way, with good reason, right? Yes. So, yeah, do, do you have somebody for him? The day, at the end of the day, when you're a professional fighter, you know what I mean? This is what you do. You should look at a guy with as much hype and as much bravado as, as Chimaev has as a huge opportunity. But guys don't. Like, even in that game, even in that game when that's the way that works, are guys afraid of him? Yeah, 
All right, so one 100%. of the fu- one of the fights I was really looking forward to was Leon Edwards or Hey Masvidal two. I say two because that scrap backstage in London in 2019 <laughs> still was one of my favorite things ever. But Gamebred got hurt, so how are you approaching that? Is that going to be rescheduled, or do you find Edwards somebody to fight in the meantime? Um, yeah, that's that's what we're working on now. We're we're, we're trying to figure something out for Leon. Leon Leon has had a string of uh, of bad luck, so we're working on something for him now. All right, Dana, before you go, still an awesome card. You got headlined by Charles Oliveira and Dustin Poirier. Dustin's coming off back-to-back wins over Connor. Oliveira's won nine straight. He beat Michael Chandler for the belt. It's an incredible matchup. Both these guys have great stand-up ability. They're wizards on the ground. Ultimately, what do you think this one comes down to, and what do you expect to see there? Yeah, I think that fight's going to be uh, action-packed from the minute the fight starts till it's over. Um, I, I think that, you know, you see Poirier, he comes right out and goes after you. Oliveira comes right out and goes after you. Um, stand up, ground, this thing's going to go everywhere until somebody gets finished. There's no way this goes the distance. Hmm. Is it safe to say that Justin Gaethje would get the next title shot in that case? Yep. Yeah, as long as everybody's healthy and everything's good, it, it, sh- it should be him. All right. Coming um, off one of, the, one of the greatest fights anybody's ever seen in their life. By the way, what about that fight? When nothing ever lives up to the fight, Gaethje and Chandler, like, what are your thoughts watching that? That was incredible. Yeah, I literally predicted the whole week that that would be the fight of the, uh, you know, the fight of the night. And fight of the night and ended up being a fight of a lifetime and one of the greatest fights anybody's ever seen. I love both these guys. I love both those guys. So what about Gaethje's team? What about Usman? Kamara Usman, Gaethje's teammate, he he beat Colby Covington for a second time, who I think is an amazing welterweight, one of the best. Usman truly is special, right? Like, I'm assuming he wants to fight again pretty soon, Dana, but but against whom? What do you do with this guy? Yeah, so without a doubt, the pound-for-pound best fighter in the world. And, and you look at all the records he's broken, he's the greatest welterweight of all time. And his hand is, is, is hurt right now, so he's, uh, you know... He's getting his hand taken care of. When his hand is better, we will find him a fight. All right, Dan, what about this really quickly? Connor has been tweeting up a storm, and he tweeted that the fibula that he shattered is fully healed and that he's fired up to get back into sparring by April. I'm assuming that you're in contact with him. When did you last speak with him? Where's his head at right now in your mind? Yeah, he's chomping at the bit to, you know, to get back in there and compete again. You know, It's going to be a while before he can start to put some torque on that leg, so... Um, it, it, April for him to start training again in April is probably about right. Dan, you, you've been really clear about this with me and others that like Connor, it's one thing on the way up when you have nothing. I mean, you're going to pay the price. It's another when you've got a hundred mil in the bank. I would imagine that it, it's never easy to train, but training on a yacht is not the same thing as training in a, in a dingy gym. Like, do you think he still has that same fire that he still wants it as badly as he ever did? Um, I don't know. I, listen, he, he obviously still has the the desire to compete. You know, you don't ever hear Connor going, you know what, man, I just I just don't have the desire for this anymore. Just, uh, you know what I mean? And, and, and yes, he's, he's obviously very rich, and he's training like uh, like Rocky and Rocky Three. You know what I mean? But uh, he, he still has the desire to compete and the desire to fight. Dan, so we'll see thing, what happens. We'll see. You know, hopefully so. I know he can sell, man. I know he's still compelling. I know he still can sell. And, I, you know, even even if he wants it, you see when he gets back out there, 
Listen, you are all about content. You're all about different content. For those who have not seen it, what is your Fuck It Friday series about? <laughs> so I'm all about food, too. So, that, too. Um, I, I like trying all different types of food. And, and, and uh, you know, the whole thing really started first time that I tried. I, I'm a big fried chicken fan. I love fried chicken. So I ate fried chicken, uh, and the bread was two Krispy Kreme donuts. That was how, how fucking Friday really started. And people loved it. So I started pulling out all this crazy different types of food to, to try. And, uh, you know, it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I love doing it. So uh, now I'm actually, I ended up getting my own TV show on the Food Network. Fuck it Friday TV show. So we start filming that uh, early next year. Holy shit. So is it all good or like what's the most fucked up thing that you've eaten on Fuck It, fuck it Friday? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I, I had, we made a spaghetti sandwich where you actually uh, put, put the, you hollow out the inside of, of, of bread and you put the spaghetti inside of it and eat it like a sandwich. That, that was probably one, one, of, one of the worst ones that, that I had. Not, not a fan. Um, but yeah, I love doing the show and, and I love, trying all different types of different food. Um, you know, I'm not one of these guys that's watching his diet. Fuck it, Friday. So last thing, Dan, you, you're, you're a huge sports fan. You love, you love sports. You love sports, and you've been known to kill it at the blackjack table, but you will not gamble sports, will you? How come? I don't. I don't like it. I, I, I feel, uh, you know, I'm not saying, that, you know, the last, I, the last three fights, I bet, uh, I bet, Tyson Fury by knockout. I bet Canelo Alvarez by knockout. And I just bet Crawford by knockout. So I won all three of those, those fights, the last fights. And those are really the only sports betting I've done. I'm, I'm looking to, to, to lay uh, – I, I think I'm going to bet on the Patriots to win the Super Bowl this year. Um, they're looking unbelievable right now. I'll take a shot at that. And other than that, I don't really like to bet on sports. It, it, you know how people say it makes the game more interesting? I disagree, man. It's just, it, it makes me hate the game. You know, I, I, w- I was watching uh, Scott Van Pelt has a show on ESPN on, on, on Sundays, uh, and uh, he's got this segment called Bad Beats, and it was showing all the people who bet on sports last weekend how they got screwed. Like, all these crazy things happen, and, and, and it ends up, the game is, there's 30 seconds left of the game, and it's definitely going under. And then all these crazy series of events happen, and the game goes over. And all, that stuff happens every time I bet on sports. So I don't do it anymore. It's, it's fat. I mean, you laid it out perfectly. That's exactly what that shit is. And that's part of the drug. Like, part of me wants to say, Dana, that's the drug. Come join the fun. Like, when you say it doesn't make it better, it makes it worse, is it because you don't like losing, or is there the stress involved? Like, w- what sucks about it? I hate losing. Number one, I hate to lose. Number two, um, yeah, it's, it's super stressful. And, and, and it seems like, you know, I was telling you the segment Bad Beats the other day that, that I watched on, on, on Scott Van Pelt. It, the, the segment was 10 minutes long. That's how, how, how many times it happened in college football just over, you know, like last Saturday. It was insane. Danny, you live in that fucking town. How do you think they build those buildings through the clouds every single week, man, on shit like that? It, it's God, it's so true, yeah. isn't it? Like, I don't, I don't even get it. Like, I, like, I'm all about it, and I love it, but it's so true. Like, the bad, the bad beats feel worse than the good wins feel great. Well, there's just so, many, so much more of them. I mean, there's just so much more of them, man. And, and, and you can't tell me 
that you go into Sunday with the NFL and, and there's teams that you know these guys suck. These guys are terrible. There's no way uh, you know they're they're not they're going to cover the spread. There's no way they're going to do this, and they always do. They always manage the team that shouldn't win wins. The team that shouldn't cover covers. It just it, every it, it, fucking week now. Exactly. Every, every week. fucking week because there's so much money involved. Everybody is so good at setting those lines right now. It's never been harder, and we just keep coming back, man. We keep coming so back. True. It's the drug, Dana. Come join the fun. Listen, get I'm healthy. Out. I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I really appreciate it. I appreciate the uh, friendship. I appreciate the relationship. I appreciate you playing through this. Get healthy. And what can I say, man? It's great to have you on, Dana. Thank you so much. And get, get well for the whole family, You're the too. best in the game, my brother. Congrats on, on your monumental day. As mentioned with Dana White, you never know exactly what you're going to get. Dana usually does make news when he comes on one of our programs, but the last thing I expected him to say as I sat down for this pod today was that he and his family tested positive for COVID. Now, again, he was vaccinated and is in isolation. And agree or disagree with how he handled it after finding out, that's for you to decide, this is who this guy is. When the world and every other pro sports league shut down during the pandemic, Dana White left the country and bought an island and continued with his promotion saying, we are going on with it. So again, agree or disagree, it's entirely up to you, but just know he doesn't give a damn. This is who he is, this is what he does, and you know he's going to do everything he can to be there Saturday night in Vegas. If you know this guy at all, that shouldn't surprise you at all. There it is, episode 200 of the Jim Rome Podcast with guest Dana White. My thanks to Dana, as always. And if you're not subscribed, once again, please do so. That way you do not have to go looking for this pod. It will find you every single week. Thank you so much for listening. I will catch you next week. And in the meantime, here are your voicemails. First new message. Hey, this is Will and Milton. Congratulations on 200 podcasts. A lot of people said that it would not last, but you proved those fuckers wrong. So I'm saying to you, good job with this song. Good job, Jim Rome. On 200 podcasts, listening makes a treadmill time go by fast. Message deleted. Next message. Hi, Jim. Bella Bean Calgary. Congratulations on 200 episodes. How do I get on that? Want to hear a bad cat joke? Just kitten. Message deleted. Next message. Romy, Justin in Melbourne, man. Congratulations on your 200th pod. As you said, most people that try these pods flame out early, like a Gavin in Illinois phone call. Not you, my friend. You've already booked guest 300 with Dodger Jano, and we're getting on a roll. I mean, 200 is special. It's the same cubic feet as James Kelly's forehead. 200, the number of kids Alvy has. Great job, Romy. You know I've been on this ride since day one, and I look forward to future and great podcasts to come, man. Message saved. Next message. What's up, man? Max Brady. Hey, I wanted to say it was real nice of you to give that jungle karma to Michigan after Ben Golliver asked for it. So considering that you're in the holiday spirit of giving, I wanted to request a couple buckets for the Bills Mafia in advance of this big Monday night game. Message saved. Next message. Hey, Jimmy, Dansky, and GB. This sounds like I'm in the bathroom because I am not on the throne, but in the tub, that's right. I'm taking a man bath because I can. 
recently quit my job of 14 years working for a total douche. Just got done chopping wood, feeling great, catching up on the jungle. Heard Jimmy drop that voicemail number. I need an update on Portland woman. Please implore that brilliant dude to call back and fill us all in. War double goat tandem call to elaborate. Make it happen, Bradley. Message deleted. Next message. Romy, it's good to be on episode 200 of the podcast. I just want to say thanks for taking my call, and I'd like to wish everyone out there a very happy holiday. And don't really have a lot of smack to say today, except who's better than us? Nobody. Message saved. You have no more messages.